We're super pumped to announce that NFT Heat is sponsored by Hexclad Cookware. Have you guys heard of Hexclad? Oh, you definitely should. It's all over my kitchen. In fact, I threw out all my old pants and I only use Hexclad. You know why? They have the most innovative kitchen brand in the market today. Hexclad's patented hybrid technology is the first true innovation in cooking since the development of nonstick back in the 50s. Hexclad's hybrid cookware combines stainless steel, it's nonstick, it's non-toxic, and it seasons up and gets better over time, just like cast iron. Throw in your steaks, they will come out beautifully. You'll get that nice golden brown sear. Plus, you can throw it in the dishwasher and it cleans up perfectly. It's incredible. Oh, by the way, Hexclad comes with a lifetime warranty. Yes, lifetime warranty. It's metal utensil safe. It's oven safe up to 500 degrees. It has stay cool handles. And like I said, you can throw it in the dishwasher. Oh, and the number one chef in the world, Gordon Ramsay. Yes, that Gordon Ramsay from your favorite Fox shows, the Michelin star chef, the incredible personality. He loves Hexclad so much. He took out an equity stake in the company. Wow. So go to hexclad.com right now and use our code NFT Heat for 10% off site wide. Yes, let's go. Welcome to NFT Heat. We're bringing the top NFT thought leaders straight to you. If there's something you enjoyed on this episode, and we really hope you did, please take a screenshot of the episode and make sure to tag us on Twitter at NFT Heat. We really appreciate your support and you are the only reason we're growing. So to help us, please subscribe and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We'll then give your review a shout out on a future episode. Welcome to NFT Heat. Whether you're inside the industry or new to the NFT space or an NFT OG, we're going to provide you with the necessary NFT alpha to crush. We'll bring in the top guests and deep dive into how NFTs will transform the metaverse, DeFi, and social tokens. I'm Justin Shankro, the king of alpha. John, I'm just getting bored of saying it. You know what? I prefer being the prince, so I think I'm going to have to switch it up on the next episode. Anyway, as you all know, I was a child actor, went to Stanford. Now I'm an NFT entrepreneur, and I'm here with my stellar co-host, John Kraske. He was an executive in the design space, and now he's running an NFT and metaverse company. And he's in the trenches every day, learning, growing, and seeking alpha. I know because I get texts from him at 4 a.m. What's going on today, brother? What's happening in the NFT space? What is going on, Justin? You know, something we forgot to do was all these five-star reviews that we received. We haven't given any of the shout-outs yet. We need to give some shout-outs. Let's give some shout-outs right now. We got Michael Berlantes. And he said, great source for the pulse of the NFT space. John and Justin provide an insightful and educational show about the world of NFTs. John is an authentic voice in the space and has great communication with all. Justin's enthusiasm is contagious. Love the show. Wow. I mean, that's a good one. Let's uh, go. I love that. And then we got, we got Augustin Romaneski. He said, I am in the NFT sphere since a year already. And I have educated myself a lot on the topic. However, I really enjoy listening to NFT Heat. First, because the guests are impressive. And second, because John and Justin are always throwing good alphas. Very recommended. Yes, you know alpha. That is our favorite. Very cool. These are awesome five-star reviews. Thank you so much for writing these reviews. Please keep them coming. Those five-star reviews really help us and gives exposure to so many more potential Listeners, really appreciate our community. You guys rock. I have a sweet 
not I, but we have a phenomenal guest today, Prof, and he is pseudonymous. He will be our first pseudonymous guest. I am so pumped to get into pseudonymous and why somebody in the NFT space wants to be pseudonymous. Prof is the co-founder of Heat. He's a builder, a collector in the NFT space. He's a DeFi wizard and a proponent of open and interoperable metaverses. He's been contributing to several DAOs and open metaverse organizations. And currently, he leads a weekly metaverse meeting in Friends with Benefits. Remember, we had another fabulous guest on from Friends with Benefits, one of the top social clubs in the NFT space. Welcome to NFT Heat Prof. Thank you so much. Really stoked to be here with you guys. Oh, we're thrilled to have you. We're thrilled. All right, we're hopping right into a five-question lightning round, Prof, to provide some alpha to our listeners. John, what's the first question? First question, Prof, what is your favorite Discord? Well, this might come as no surprise. My favorite Discord is Friends with Benefits, which is a social community in the space, in the Web3 space. Yeah, do you want elaboration or do you want me to just- No, lightning, lightning, Prof, that was perfect. Friends with Benefits. (laughs) That's great. All right. Number two, why should people care about NFTs? NFTs are evolving well beyond just a JPEG in your wallet. And they're actually, I think one interesting use case is actually social tokens. So that'll be my very short answer. Love it. Love it. Question three, is it too late for people to invest in NFTs? No, but the landscape is changing. So you got to be a little more careful now. Be more careful. You're hearing it here. All right. Favorite NFT project, Prof? Right now, I'd have to say Altered State Machine. Wow. Love it. Have never heard that one before. That's some good alpha. Fifth and final question, Prof. What do you say to people who say NFTs are just JPEGs? Do a little more research. (laughs) See, Prof brought the lightning. That was some smoke and heat there. You brought it. It was fast. It was alpha. Loved it. All right. We're going deeper. We're going deeper, Prof. First off, as I mentioned right at the top of the show, you're our first pseudonymous collector and builder in this space. Can you define what it is to be pseudonymous first off and why you chose to be that way? Sure. So when I first got into the space around DeFi summer 2020, I noticed there were a lot of anons and I sort of... And by the way, what is an anon for our listeners who don't know what that is? It basically means you're pseudonymous. You don't use a photo of yourself and you're... Anonymous, semi-anonymous, you know, so I go by prof, people in the space call me prof, and I got into it because I actually became very interested in the idea of digital identity. I like the idea that in the metaverse, you can be anyone you want to be. And so when people look at you in the real world, on the outside world, even if it's unconscious, people tend to make judgments based on your age, race, height, gender, you know, and so... What's cool about being pseudonymous or anonymous is that none of that really matters. It doesn't matter how old you are. And what really stands out is the quality of your character and the quality of your work product. So I thought it would be a really interesting experiment to see if I could start from ground zero and build you know, a name for myself and a career based on the pseudonym prof. And you know, again, just kind of the quality of my character and the quality of my work product. Love it. Amazing. Love it. Amazing. I just want to add to that real quick. Any concerns around security or any issues like that? I remember there was a great podcast episode I listened to with Balaji on uh, Tim Ferriss's podcast. 
about a year ago, and, and he brought up security. Any thoughts around that for you? Yeah. So a lot of early crypto people are anonymous because they made, you know, a lot of people made a tremendous amount of money. And if you're out in the space and public about that, there are security risks. I'm not quite on that level. For me, it was more about digital identity, but certainly a lot of people that have been around for a while in the space that are anonymous are that way because, you know, it is a security issue for them. Okay. Prof, you're a DGEM collector and a DeFi wizard. Can you talk to us about what that actually means to people who are just learning the space? Sure. So to me, part of the fun, at the end of the day, like I'm here to have fun. I'm also here to make a career for myself and hopefully make some money and hopefully make some meaningful products that I can push into the world that will change people's lives. But this all started with some sort of like degenerate experimentation of very risky. I really got my start experimenting with like ultra high risk DeFi protocols that, you know, actually were super interesting. And so they actually ranged from like being very scammy to actually very innovative. But I think part of the fun of like, really, if you really want to understand the space, a lot of it comes down to experimentation. So I am a DeFi DJ in that if something seems interesting to me, or if I don't understand how something works, I'll actually allocate a little bit of money and toss it in and just, you know, just to experiment with stuff, right? So I may get rugged and I may not. And by Um, the way, can you throw in, because you're throwing out a lot of jargon here, which which we know, but maybe some of our listeners don't. What does getting rugged mean? Sure. So uh, (laughs) yeah, good point. Okay. I, I understand. Yeah. So a lot of times, I guess getting rugged is when you lose your money, either due to, usually due to an anonymous team that builds a platform, you know, you ape into it, you buy into it, and the platform sort of goes under for one reason or another. It's usually more high risk, right? There are different levels of risk with any DeFi protocol that you participate in. And so look like when you are aping in or buying into very, you know, risky stuff, that is sometimes the result. However, this is not intended to scare you off. Like there are brilliant people making very, very legitimate and complex financial applications. But I do a bit of degening on the NFT side as well. So I have a part of my portfolio that's very like thesis driven. And then I have a part that is like more or less semi-educated gambling to like just gambling, full transparency. But again, like it comes down to risk tolerance, risk management, you know, and so I would like to believe that I do a pretty good job of, you know, it's it's money that you put aside just to experiment. And that looks different for everybody. But yeah, I would say the core of my NFT portfolio is, is thesis driven these days as opposed to aping into stuff blindly. Awesome. Super cool. We're getting a lesson right now. You're dropping some alpha. All right. We want some more alpha. You're currently building Heat, which is a motion data marketplace. What does that mean? And can you walk us through the product and what you envision it doing in the NFT and metaverse space? Sure. I'll tell you as much as I can. So in some of this stuff, we are keeping under wraps. You know, we made one big marketing push. We have a community going and we're about to go stealth for another couple of months. So I'll tell you what I can. When you enter a virtual world or a game, each world or game comes with a handful of emotes. So you can think of that as different dance moves or gestures. Maybe it's, you know, a wave or some like popular dance move. And so these platforms basically dictate the movements of your character, right? We actually think, so if you look at games like Fortnite, emotes are a multi-hundred million dollar market. So you can buy popular, typically what they'll do is they'll take TikTokers or celebrities, they'll make a dance move, 
and import it into the game as like a buyable item for players. And so in this way, you can sort of customize to an extent the movements that your character does. So if you hit some milestone in Fortnite, you can do the like backpack kid dance. And so that concept doesn't really exist in Web3 yet. But on the Fortnite side, I guess the limitation is that the moves your character can do are dictated by the platform. So if Fortnite doesn't publish a dance that they're going to sell in their marketplace, you can't do it. What we are doing is we're creating a marketplace where anybody can capture and mint their movement data. And that movement data will actually be usable across multiple games or multiple worlds. So again, just touching on the Fortnite example, if you buy a dance in Fortnite right now, you can't take that dance and use it in something like Call of Duty. You can only use it in Fortnite. So we're actually trying to take dances and movements and make them bridgeable between a bunch of different platforms. Okay, bro. We talk a lot about community on this podcast and how important it is in the NFT space. How have you built community and what are your suggestions for new artists and collectors in the space to build their own community? What steps can they take? Yeah, another great question. Community is paramount. And so for us, the way we built our community thus far is we are building a platform for movement in general. However, we identified that as a lot of different vertical marketplaces in the space pop up, there are spaces for photography, there are a lot of music NFT platforms. We noticed that there's an immense amount of talent in the dance space and dancers are uploading dance NFTs to a bunch of different platforms. So we basically saw one, there's a ton of talented dancers in the space and two, they don't really have a home. They're kind of spread all over. And so we thought, you know, emotes are mainly dances. And so we'd like to create a platform that is like a new avenue for dancers to monetize. So we really started pushing our, our go-to-market strategy is largely involving dancers. You know, we really want to, we basically just started engaging with dancers and saying, look, we're creating a platform where you'll be able to upload your videos, but also monetize like on the movement data underneath. And actually like that movement data will be usable in virtual worlds. And so I think we kind of added a new layer. I think that was appealing because it just added an avenue for dancers that they didn't quite have before or see. And from there, we do a lot of community support. So, you know, we think of events like this is a movement-based community. So a lot of our events are tailored around similar activities. We've been doing sort of bi-weekly yoga sessions with our community to get everyone up and moving. And we plan to kind of ramp up those offerings as we go forward. They're like Discord bots that are related to movement that we're looking at integrating. And so I guess the first thing we did is say, who would be interested in our platform? And then we said, where would we find them? Once we found them, we brought them in and said, like, how can we serve these people, right? We want to create a home. We want to create a space where people feel connected and can you know, talk to one another and have common interests. And so if you're starting a project and you're looking to build community, I guess the first thing to think about is who is this really for? What are their interests? And I think part of it too comes down to authenticity. So don't market something that isn't true. If you can kind of establish what your base will be, really try to think about those people's wants and needs and how you can create like an inclusive space for everybody. Amazing. I'm so pumped that you're creating this incredible project for dancers. If you're a dancer out there and you're listening to this or you know a dancer, make sure you reach out to Prof. At the end of this episode, he'll throw out his social handles. This is just such an incredible project. I'm pumped. All right, we're going DGen style right now, Prof. So when you're farming in DeFi, 
and you may have to explain what farming is, and you're looking for insane APY, and when I mean insane, I'm talking thousands of percent, can you talk us a little bit through that process, and what are your emotions like when you're finding riches, and also, what are your emotions like when you're getting dumped on? Yeah, (laughs) very interesting timing. So I've cooled it a little bit on, you know, I'm kind of in build mode right now. So I'm, I've cooled it on really hunting for deep, deep, you know, degen crazy farms in DeFi. I have always tried to keep a level head. So when I do test out a new platform, the money that I put in is money that I've already written off as a loss in my head. And so typically when something has crazy high APY, it's either A, a scam, B, not going to last very long, or C, it is legit, but the APY is inflated as like an incentive mechanism. And as money comes in, that APY goes down. So in that instance, it's kind of about being first. It is ultra high risk. It's behavior that I'm like engaging in a tiny bit less, especially because I have a lot less time to hunt for degen farms. But yeah, I guess the way I can explain it most simply is that a lot of platforms in the very beginning, there's in the traditional world, you have like a user acquisition cost, right? And so in this space, what a lot of people do to incentivize liquidity on their platform is they'll offer a high interest rate of the token. So if you lock up your funds with us, we will reward you with sort of equity via token for experimenting with our platform and for adding liquidity. And so if you kind of can follow what projects are launching when, you can often find these opportunities. Now, more often than not, like the space, you have to understand There are some very legitimate projects out there, but the space is maturing. And so you do have to be very careful. You know, if you're aping into something with a thousand plus percent APY, it is high risk without a doubt. So love it. Love it. So Prof, where do you think the big opportunities reside for NFTs and the metaverse? I think it's actually a little too early to answer that question fully, but I'm looking right now at projects that actually on the back end are developing very robust ecosystems. So again, not to shill, but Altered State Machine has several partnerships that if you really do some digging, you can kind of find this out ahead of time. And so I'm personally looking at projects that are developing relationships. Team has a very strong track record of like shipping product. And yeah, I mean, I guess kind of where I see this all going is interoperability between worlds and games, not just for motion data, but for avatars. You know, I see kind of a big trend this year being PFP projects. You know, PFP projects are not meant to live on Twitter and Discord as your avatar. Like these are, you know, I think these will be metaverse ready counterparts to the NFT that you can actually transport between worlds. And so, you know, if I have a clone X, I want to be able to use my clone X everywhere in the metaverse. I don't want to just be prof on Twitter with a clone. And so I guess kind of where we're headed ultimately is like an interoperable metaverse. But I think we have quite a lot of steps to get there. But along the way is opportunity and fun. And it kind of gives everyone a time to like figure out where they fit into this ecosystem. Amazing, amazing, amazing. All right. Have you seen the space evolve since when you first started? Oh, yeah. I mean... Totally. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even start that long ago, to be honest with you. It was March 2020. Yeah. I mean, it's just astounding. Like, it really, the liquidity that's flown in, like, flowed into DeFi. The NFT space was, I mean, there was not very much in 
it was really two years ago. It's kind of crazy if I like take a step back and look at how far we've come, even just in the last year. You know, this space moves a lot faster than most other spaces. And so it can kind of feel hard, I think, for new people to like catch the wave. But if you spend enough time really digging in, you'll feel early to a year from now. (laughs) So amazing. Amazing. So Prof, what are the best social media platforms to find out more about all the incredible things you're doing in the NFT and Web3 space and also to find out more about Heat? Sure. So our Twitter, well, we are kind of about to go stealth again, but our Twitter (laughs) thus far has been, if you check now, you'll see a post explaining what we're doing. Twitter is the best way to follow along. Really, the best way, though, is to join our Discord, which is will remain linked in our Twitter. I'm always active there. We have a work and vibe channel where I'll hang out and play music. And I just, you can either join and work or ask me questions about heat. It's kind of like office hours, but like vibier. And I would just say join our Discord if you want to reach us. It's the best way. We'll answer your questions. Yeah, join the community. Love it. Let's go, prof. You brought the alpha, amazing, building heat for dancers. You got some DeFi, DGen, DeFi, Wizard, NFT, (laughs) all sorts of fun stuff dropped in this episode. Super pumped for you and for heat and for dancers and the metaverse. Incredible. You're our first pseudonymous guest. That's incredible as well. Really appreciate everything you dropped. As you all know, stay tuned for next week when we have another NFT thought leader popping in with more alpha. In the meantime, continue learning, growing, and collecting. We're NFT Heat. A huge thank you to two of the creative engines behind this show. First, to LaFlex for the super smooth intro and outro music. What you're hearing is the song Love to You off his 2019 album, Flex Appeal. And lastly, a big thank you to Bernardo Rodriguez for the awesome logo for the show. You can check him out on Instagram at Art of Bernardo. Everyone, we just want to give you a massive thank you for listening to NFT Heat. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at NFT Heat. And we're looking forward to seeing you next week. We're super pumped to announce that NFT Heat is sponsored by Hexclad Cookware. Have you guys heard of Hexclad? Oh, you definitely should. It's all over my kitchen. In fact, I threw out all my old pants and I only use Hexclad. You know why? They have the most innovative kitchen brand in the market today. Hexclad's patented hybrid technology is the first true innovation in cooking since the development of nonstick back in the 50s. Hexclad's hybrid cookware combines stainless steel, it's nonstick, it's non-toxic, and it seasons up and gets better over time, just like cast iron. Throw in your steaks, they will come out beautifully, you'll get that nice golden brown sear, plus you can throw it in the dishwasher and it cleans up perfectly. It's incredible. Oh, by the way, Hexclad comes with a lifetime warranty. Yes, lifetime warranty. It's metal utensil safe. It's oven safe up to 500 degrees. It has stay cool handles. And like I said, you can throw it in the dishwasher. Oh, and the number one chef in the world, Gordon Ramsay. Yes, that Gordon Ramsay from your favorite Fox shows, the Michelin star chef, the incredible personality. He loves Hexclad so much. He took out an equity stake in the company. Wow. So go to hexclad.com right now and use our code NFT Heat for 10% off site wide. Yes, let's go.